Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Warman. Today, the Royals are still relegated into the third, maybe fourth spot on our lineup and today for for how bad they've been playing. Somewhere hidden in the middle where we don't have to uh, spend too much time on them. Exactly. And we'll we'll get to some NFL news um, after talking about some NBA and NHL playoffs. But we're going to lead off today with the thing that's probably most interesting to us, even though I, I didn't watch any of it anyway. So uh, the 2023 Preakness Stakes was last weekend. Mike, did your horse win? No, I I was rooting for Mage. Uh, Marie was also rooting for Mage uh, to win. But National Treasure won. Mage was in third. Uh, so it was a fun race. Um, so and it was an exciting uh, kind of race, and it was it, it seemed good enough. But like you know, the only uh, real thing that you know casual fans are going to pay attention to is, is if there's a triple crown or triple crown possibility. So unfortunately, that's not going to be the case for the Belmont Stakes coming up. In, a, in three weeks, I think so. Yeah. Um, how far? How far did you get into your detailed horse lineage analysis to determine projected winners for the race? Get before the race happened. It didn't get that that far. Um, I think they, it's it's hard to say because they all seem to have fairly famous uh, family members. It's it's a very inbred kind of world of horse racing, and the horses that do well seem to have the most uh, children and so they you know there's not a lot of diversity and that's one of the reasons and yeah. they're talking about um that you know it seems like there's a lot of uh incidents where horses are injured and have to be euthanized and i think some of that comes from the fact that just there's lack not of genetic diversity last genetic diversity and like yeah there's a you know thoroughbreds have very skinny ankles uh, right. which helps them go fast but also makes it's it, they're kind of brittle and then once the horse breaks his ankle or leg or whatever it's kind of the end they tried you know they tried to save barbaro uh a while back and that almost kind of worked but then it didn't so i think they've just gone back to uh the shotgun <laughs> or whatever they do um, yikes probably it's probably uh some sort of like, veterinary kind of euthanasia yeah, but like, yeah, it's a, it's kind of sad. But like, yeah, it's it's, it's the the racing was fun. Uh, the the spectacle seemed like it was it was a good day. Uh, it was Odell Beckham was the uh, person who said jockeys get on your horses. Oh, uh, in in the previous it was uh, um, Patrick Mahomes for Kentucky Derby. So kind of shows you the the drop off to the previous. It was basically <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens uh, players that were there, but. Yeah, he didn't even play last year. No, yeah, he's new. Yeah, we could, I don't know if he's going to be. He's you know coming off an injury and things like that anyway. So he was, he's. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. I don't know. We'll talk about his success, potential success. We will, I'm sure, uh, as time goes on, but maybe not today. But he was the kind of big name, maybe at the Preakness. I didn't see Mahomes there. I think John, I think yeah, there were some some people. I think were at both of them, but but yeah, it was a it was a it was a fun race. I watched quite a bit of the the pre festivities and some of the other shorter races, which were fun. And you know, I, I don't know anything about any of them. I, if I bet, it would just would have been random. And so, 
Yeah, I, but I he went, had that in every in every race, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I had a. I always, I have a racing form in the back of my pocket, in my back pocket, and the green awesome. visor, chomping on a cigar. Yeah, I, I always want to be one of those old timey pencil, like, pencil in my ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah having my own stopwatch, I can I can time the uh, the training yes. sessions and things like that. I always want to be an old timey kind of guy yeah. who hangs out at the track. That seems like a really like. If I I would like to live like in the 1940s and do that, and born of the wrong era, I was I was I think um, back when boxing and horse racing were the number one and number two sports in America, baseball was third, and you know so now it was yeah a lot of uh, smoke filled rooms and you know gin and uh, beer soaked uh, stubbly. Uh, guys uh arguing and people with uh press written in uh those old cat those old uh cards oh, yeah. in their in their hats uh yeah. so they could uh you know get a scoop and things like that so that's that's the world i would should, like should we work. try to bring that back as a like a fashion choice at least anyway for <laughs> at games sure 1940 it, it, it's a little formal for me but i guess i like the even like the even the guys who were slovenly wore it was like they had like an old suit on it was kind of yeah. unbuttoned, and then they had like well, they rolled up the sleeves, and it was kind of, you know, the ring around the collar kind of look. And but like they still were wearing like fancy clothes, but it was like they had been wearing it for like four days straight. These suits, like even you know hobos and you know bums, were still in uh, repeat suits back then. But uh, it was uh, right. It was a different time. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, it was not Mage's time. So no more, no triple crown possibility. But um, I guess it's even though he lost, it seems a little more dramatic than what's happening in either the NBA or NFL. I mean, in, in NBA or in NHL playoffs. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you want to talk? Which one do you want to talk about first? Um, it looks like we see. might have four uh, conference yeah. final sweeps. So that's a, that is an extreme possibility as of right now. Yeah, yes. we have we had the Lakers get swept already by the Nuggets. Right. That's the only one that's completed. I think yeah. both of the NHL um, playoff series are going to be 3-0. 3-0 Vegas and 3-0 Florida over Carolina, Vegas over Dallas. And it seems Which like has the only... featured a lot of overtime games, though, at least in the NHL. Yeah, they've been close. Yeah, there are already three different yes. overtime games. One went to four overtime. <laughs> yeah, but the team that was won the other games has won all the overtime games. So it it the way it's skewed, it looks like it's not very close. And it looks well, like the four only of the games were over. Four of the five games were overtimes. So all and and the other game that has been decided already was a one goal game. Also, okay, all close. Well, it just happens to be that the same team has won. Same team has won all three. And tonight it looks like the. Uh, the Golden Knights are up comfortably. I think it's four nothing right now. Over. It seems like Dallas has to score three goals to at least bring it back to a one goal game, just to just so they yeah. can still maybe <laughs> score goals in the last eight minutes to tie well, it up to the overtime just to lose. I would guess they would have they would to get that many goals. They're going to have to probably pull the goalie, and usually as much as it brings um, a comeback goal it allows an extra goal from the shorthanded team and so i would guess probably 
it wouldn't have too much of an effect. You're down too much. But yeah. unless something really kind of miraculous happens. Yeah. It actually seems right now that Celtics might have the best chance of avoiding the sweep, but they're still they're down three nothing to Miami. But I think they're up in the fourth quarter right now on Tuesday night. But mine says a uh, nine point lead for Boston with nine minutes to go. Right. Would if you? That is still accurate. Do you want to see more games, or do you just want to see uh, Boston bow out quickly and just get to the Miami Denver? Finals. No, no, no NBA team has come down. I, I think no uh, NBA team has given up a real lead at least right. this late That's right. yeah. playoffs. So it would have to. It would be Miami has won both of the road games that they've had in the series too. So they've, you know, they have a huge advantage right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, only needing to get one one home game to close it out. And you know, it doesn't matter what happens in the other ones, right? No, yeah, it's it's yeah. I guess if if uh, the Celtics win, it's going to go back to Boston, and you wonder, well, Miami's been playing better in Boston than they even have in Miami. So you know, would it be worse? So would it be worse for if you were a Celtics fan? Would you rather see the Celtics win this game? And then lose game five in Boston. So go out four to one. Or would you rather just have them be swept? Um, I think so. I'm not a Boston fan. I think I would I would find it more amusing for them to lose at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like if you if you were one of those, I guess I would say Boston fans are a little bit because East Coast fans are, I think, a little angrier at their teams than Midwestern fans. Are especially you know, like the like the Philly fans and New York fans. They 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 are not afraid to boo their teams and show their dismay and dislike. And so maybe I would say for, for a couple of reasons, you know, a you would you don't want your team to get swept. But B you might yeah. also be able to express your disapproval if you're in attendance. <laughs> yes, in Boston and and let and let yeah. the team have a piece of your mind. And maybe that is something that. Um, a lot of Celtics fans might enjoy calling them bums and things like that to their face. I'm sure that will be the that's the uh, Boston fans' world <laughs> insult of choice. Your bum. Um, uh, also, I'm 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 living in the 1940s, so uh, they would they would, they would be, uh, bums back then. When Red Auerbach was chomping on his. I don't even know if Red Auerbach was coach in the forties. Was he? I don't know if he was. Oh, I don't know. Started that early. Red Auerbach was born in. He was born in nineteen seventeen. I I thought he was much older than that. He's only a year older than my grandmother. He died in 06. That was a lot later. Hmm. So he started coaching the Celtics in nineteen fifty. So he wasn't quite. In mm. uh, 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 the 40s, but he did coach a team that we had talked about previously. Uh, two, he coached two NBA teams prior to coaching um, uh, the Celtics. Neither one of these teams is around. 
<laughs> anymore. Well, one of them actually played in the league that was came the NBA. It was still called the Basketball Association of America. Uh, and he coached the Washington Capitals, mm. Capitol with an O, Capitol, like the Capitol oh. building, um, from 1946 to 1950. Uh, he coached them f- from 46 to 49. And then he coached the Tri Cities Blackhawks, who were from what would become the Quad Cities, but we might think yes. of really as there are five Quad Cities now, so they aren't the Quint yes. Cities. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, the, the, we, were, we talked about the Tri Cities Blackhawks. They they became uh, the St. Louis Hawks and the Atlanta Hawks. But uh, he coached uh, uh, them during their kind of time when they merged with the NBA. And um, then he coached the Celtics from 1950 to 66. And then I guess he was um, GM for until the mid eighties. Yeah, and then Quite president so. of the Celtics until two thousand six when he died. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. He was born in Brooklyn. He died in Brooklyn. Oh, he died in Washington D.C. Died in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, he was so he wasn't quite as old as I thought. People looked older back then, uh, more quickly. Yeah, so he was only uh, 33 when he started, he was 49 when he stopped coaching the Celtics, so he wasn't even 50. I just think of him as an old man constantly, but uh, maybe that was, yeah. Um, there aren't that many coaches in the league that are under 50. Right. <laughs> no, it's a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit like the Brad Stevens uh, situation, because yeah. he also coached the Celtics for a while, but then he decided to become the the GM, and he's not even yeah. fifty yet. So maybe um, he's becoming the. He was only in his thirties or something, right? When he started coaching the the Celtics. Yeah, he was young. He was the coach of Butler when yeah. Butler made back made back to back NCAA championship games. Yeah, and that was when Gordon Hayward uh, played for them. And I think he played the first year, and then Gordon Hayward. Uh, and then I guess he's still in the NBA. Gordon Hayward. Um, he's only thirty-three, but he played for the Jazz. He played for the Celtics for a while under uh, Brad Stevens. So, but anyway, he is. He was only thirty-six when he took over the uh, Celtics job. Brad yeah, Stevens, pretty young. For an, for an NBA coach, that is very young, right? Yeah. He's just, he's two years older than us is all. Does that make you feel old? It does. It does. Um, and there are NBA uh, retired coaches. <laughs> slightly older think? than us. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah. Retired coaches. Slightly older. Yeah. That's, that's a little sad. Um, yeah, it seems like there are some NBA coaches that coach in their 30s, like right after they retire from the league, or like they're up and comers that are like um, the Arkansas, current Arkansas basketball coach, Eric Musselman. He was an NBA coach like in his late 30s. He coached yeah. the second, he coached like the, he coached the Warriors and the Kings. He coached several teams. Most coaches retire on their terms. And they're, when they're young, they usually get fired, right? Instead of, yeah. 
leaving on their own terms, right? Yeah. 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 Anyway, so right now, I guess people, some people in Boston think that the current uh, Boston Celtics coach, Joe Missoula, is perhaps in over his head. He's too young. Uh, and that's why the Celtics are not. Well, this is what they got last year, right? Wasn't this the same? Did they lose in the conference championship round last season? I think so. They were. They haven't. Um, they haven't gotten over that. Over that hump. So, uh, yeah. did they even make it that far? I think they. I was thinking they lost. I was thinking it was the same round, but maybe, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was. Maybe they did lose earlier. No, wait. They did. They made it to the. Um, they actually made it to the NBA finals last year. The Celtics. Oh, they lost in the finals. Okay, I didn't. So I, had did. forgot, I had forgotten about that. They lost to the Warriors in. So they, so they did make it to the conference championship, but they yeah. won. <laughs> yeah, they lost to the Warriors in. Um, okay. Six games. They actually beat Miami in seven, to go to the finals. Miami was the number one seed, and Boston was number two. And Boston is number two again this year, but Miami is number eight. So I guess they're kind of following the same path because all they had to do. Miami just beat the one seed, then they beat the four or five. I guess they beat four or five this year. I think the Knicks were five, maybe. Um, but they beat the Knicks, you know. It's the same path, but they just were not the number one at this point. So Yes. But it looks like it's going to be Miami and Denver. Who do you like? Well, Boston I- has extended their lead. They're up now 16 points to go, five minutes left. Okay. Are, are we... Am I am I too early calling it a Miami Denver NBA Finals? What's the, what 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 are the probably the odds are in your favor, but it's uh I think last week we said that Miami had like the odds were supposedly Miami had a ninety seven percent chance of winning this round. Was that well, Boston? That, Boston had the ninety seven. I mean, I mean Boston. I mean Boston had ninety seven percent chance of winning. Yes, that's what, that's what the odds makers had it at ninety seven. Or only three percent chance for Miami to win. Yes, I did think that was too high. So um, <laughs> apparently, so did uh, Jimmy Butler. So yeah, <laughs> is it, do you think it's too early though to say it's going to be Miami and Denver? Uh, I think it's extremely likely. But if I say I'm ninety seven percent sure, then mm-hmm. you know the odds makers are ninety seven percent percent sure. The last time we spoke, and uh, it looks I very think... going. Look, it's going the other way. Yeah, I think. At best, it's well. If you call each game a coin flip, right? That would mean that. So if if Miami, so let's say Miami wins, I mean Miami loses this game and and, and Boston wins, and so Boston has to win three games in a row. That they have a one in eight shot of doing. Yep. That. So that's twelve and a half percent. So they. Yeah. So you might say eighty-seven and a half percent chance then, if you consider them to be evenly matched yes. in each game. Um, I think history says a team up 3-0 has a near 100% chance of mm-hmm. advancing. Yeah, that's true. But I would think you also say, well, teams that get up 3-0 are usually, you would say they're clearly better than the teams that go down 3-0. So it's not quite like a 50-50 coin flip. It's like a 75-25 coin flip or something like that. So you have to get, it would be one-fourth times one-fourth times one-fourth or something like, you know, like uh one in sixty-four chance, maybe of right, which that's much worse than one in eight. Yeah, and that's even worse than ninety-seven percent. That's even worse than a three percent chance of 
of winning. So, yes, true. Um, but yeah, I, I think of it as probably, I'd say my, so if Miami loses this game, Boston does get game five back in Boston. Maybe they can win that game, possibly to their fans' dismay. If, <laughs> or maybe if you're down three to two, you think, well, we're in it. We only have to win two more. Boston, of course, is the first, is known for being able to come back from 3 0 deficits in playoffs. It was the Red Sox who were down in the ALCS back in 03, right? Uh, was it the year? Yeah, 2003. And yeah. they ended up winning the World First World Series since 1917 when they uh, beat the Yankees four straight uh, after being down uh, 3-0. And then, they, and then they won four straight against the Cardinals in the World Series. And that was just a terrible series by the Cardinals. Isn't it? They just like full, they just decided to let we're gonna we're gonna let Boston win because they haven't won it for so long. It was just like, it was like yeah. kind of laying down. But I don't think Denver will do that if Boston miraculously comes back in this series. But I I don't really see happening. But yeah. uh, maybe maybe just uh, so in, I so this will. Uh, Create drama for next week. I will. I will guarantee a Miami uh, victory, and then you know if if I end up being wrong, uh, I can have egg on my face um, next week, and then you can taunt me. As much I was as just well. checking the checking the stats here, though. It is zero times in the NBA teams that have come back from 03. It mm-hmm. has happened twice in the NHL. Okay, how many how many series have been up 3-0? Does it say out of how many? In 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 the NBA, the it actually has the stat here. Teams are zero and one hundred forty nine. Wow, three zero series. I guess it's a psychological thing too. There's some of that. The same stat does not pop up for um, the NHL immediately, but it looks like it's happened twice, and the odds are something like two percent. I think is what it said. Okay. So, I mean, the number must be there somewhere, but they're not showing it to me very quickly, at least anyway. Yeah. Well. So, so and yeah, I'm, it's happened once in baseball. Yeah. Is all. Okay. So, I'm, so I'm pretty, yeah, so I, I feel pretty good then. I'm going to. And I'm actually gonna... in baseball, only one team is even to series down 3-0. Oh, really? And that, that was in the 2020 ALCS, Houston and Tampa. Oh, <laughs> that was a COVID year. Head three zero and still won, but four three. That was COVID year, so you think it's crazy? Anything? Yes. Yeah, it was at a neutral site then too. So. That didn't really count. That didn't really count. Um, but NHL, I guess it's going to be the probably Vegas and Florida Pan uh, the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. Which of those teams do you think? Oh, see, my, my method so far has been waiting. You pick the right teams. And then take the others. I think Vegas is going to be my team, though. That's okay. okay. I think Florida's been hot, so I, I guess I'll go with them since they've beaten yeah. the teams that I thought were going to be the um, – yeah. I thought Boston was got a good shot. Then I also thought Toronto since everybody else was out. And, like, oh, this is Toronto's year. And – the Maple Leafs um, 
couldn't handle the Panthers. And so I think, yeah, I, so yeah, I'll, I'll say Panthers. And this, of course, will probably mean that the Las Vegas Golden Knights will become the champions. But um, that was at least a small percentage of why I chose that was to make sure that you would get stuck with Florida because I don't think you like <laughs> just in general. It's funny. Well, Marie would want the Panthers to win because they're the animal team. And yeah. So that's the team that I'll root for. Specifically, not a Golden Knights fan. Well, she doesn't mind the night. Maybe if the night had a horse that uh, was in the logo, that yeah. might have a that might be a different story. But with ice skates, <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any Golden Knights uh, logos with horses though. Mm-hmm. It's only the like it's only kind of a helmet that I ever see, right? Which looks a little Spartan, even more than it does. <laughs> uh, more than necessarily than medieval but um it's not particularly golden is it i can't it's kind of gold it's more silvery i think than gold isn't it though yeah it's not it's not it's not like a 49ers or notre dame kind of bright gold anyway it's like a, a more of a patina on it or something it's it's not it doesn't pop i'm not very good at colors anyway i might kind of yeah one. but it doesn't it doesn't have that um shiny gold in the way that yeah, well, the logo, Something. I guess, is a helmet, right? And it is, I guess it is gold, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. It also has well, a shadow, too, so it does look sort of just metallic instead of, like, pure, like, bright mm-hmm. gold. You think of it being, like, a polished gold, like, shiny, is what you'd, if you just heard about it, right? Uh-huh. That is what you'd, you'd kind of think. It'd be like, have you seen Excalibur, that movie? At the oh, end of Excalibur, there's a there's uh Sir Bedivere, um, or or um he, or maybe it's Mordred has the gold. I think it's Mordred has the golden golden armor. Um, it's a little bit like that in Gladiator too, when when um, uh Russell Crowe uh, fights the 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 old retired gladiator who came back, and he has like mm. this, maybe he has a silver. Well, like he has that tear he has that teardrop. Uh, uh, things I can't remember what color that is, whether it's gold or silver, but it's very shiny. And I would think that, that the Golden Knights would be very shiny because Vegas is glittery and shiny. But yeah, the yeah. the logo is pretty subdued in terms of its yeah color to me. But I agree with you though; it does look more Spartan than than medieval mm-hmm. than what, what you would as yeah. you just I think yeah knowing, it's knowing the name <laughs> yeah it's 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 more more abstracty i think and and cleaner lines so it looks more i think it just looks more greek it's got the kind of nose plate and the, there's no full like visor type of thing that you might expect with a knight or like a it's not like pointed either like an old like, a, like a, there's no chain mail there's no there's no um nothing really that recognizable that it, from of what era it's from but still they are in the position to win the Western Conference, the Panthers, the position to win the Eastern Conference, and you know that's it's 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 warm weather hockey that we're going to get either way. It's also kind of you know it's probably going to be Johnny Come Lately basketball teams. So I guess the Nuggets have been around a while, but we don't think of the yeah. Nuggets as being historically good or 
They've gone deep into playoffs, but not um, they, haven't, they haven't won a title. Yeah, they had Carmelo Anthony for a while. Yeah. They had Alex English back in like the 80s and some teams like that, but I think they've been around since the 70s, but uh, they've yeah, never... They, they, have they won the title? No, they've never won the title. I don't think. Have they gone to finals before? Um, Not that I know of. They, they have won conference fun. title this year. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that was this was their first. They've yeah. been um, in the playoffs quite a bit. I guess every NBA team gets in the playoffs quite a bit because so many teams get in the, into the playoffs. But yeah, they've I guess they've started in. Uh, they played for fifty six seasons, but a lot of those were ABA. So the seventy six seventy seven season was their first NBA season. Do you know who the first coach of the Denver Nuggets was? No he's idea. A, he's been a very successful NBA coach. He is still alive. He won um, a championship. He's won both NCAA and NBA championships. As, as a coach? Or as yeah. a player? As a or... coach. He may have won something as a player. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, maybe in college. Maybe in college. He played for North Carolina in college, and I don't know if North from nineteen sixty 1960 to nineteen sixty three. And I don't know if North hmm. Carolina won a title between sixteen and sixty three. I don't have no. I don't have UNC's uh, national championship history off the top of my head, but. Um, is it is it a very journeyman coach? Has he been in a lot of different places? He's been a lot of different places. Yeah. Is it? Did he coach for Kansas? He did coach for Kansas. Is it Larry Brown? It is Larry Brown. Larry Brown. Yeah, he won for the he won uh, Pistons. He's been to the finals a few different teams. I think he was he was he's been this uh, he went to the finals with the 76ers when Allen Iverson uh, was playing. Uh, he also reached, I believe, a final four. Maybe a championship game even with UCLA in the early '80s after John oh, Wooden wow. retired, and he coached the Spurs I think for a while before, um, right before Popovich came. I don't, maybe not right before, but he was there before Popovich. He has coached also the Clippers, the Pacers. So yeah, he started out as the so he's coached the Nuggets, the Nets, uh, the Spurs, Clippers, Pacers, 76ers, Pistons, Knicks. Bobcats, and he is now an assistant at Memphis. Behind, is that Penny Hardaway? Penny Hardaway, yes. Yeah, what's there now? Yeah. 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 Wow. Big, big Penny Hardaway, not little, not little Penny. Yes. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> and that is a that is a very long coaching career. Yeah, he's how old is he? He is 82, it says. Born in 1940. Wow. So yeah, he's been a he's been everywhere. Um a quick update. Vegas has closed out Dallas uh in game three. So Vegas now does have a 3 0 lead. Okay. So it seems like we're still in line, possibly for all sweeps, except perhaps maybe the, the Celtics will claw back a little bit against the Heat. And um, also, the uh, Boston Celtics game has gone final now too. Boston has defeated Miami. Oh. Boy, yeah, well, the it makes sweep. things a little more interesting without the without all sweeps. Seventeen for Boston. 
So maybe to segue into our Royals coverage. Yeah. Are the, so is are the Royals more likely to reach 70 wins on the season or are the Celtics more likely to come back from a three to one deficit to be, <laughs> I guess likely occurrences. The Celtics only have to win three games where the Royals have to win like 50, 55 games. Is that right? Yeah. The Royals right now are 15 and 35. So they played 50 games. <laughs> so there's 112 games left. Yes. The Royals would have to win 55 out of 112. So they'd have to go 55 and 57. So they'd have to just – so they don't Still have to 500. be 500 to get to yeah. 70 wins. They only have to be two games under 500 from here on out. Yeah. Going into the season, I would think, well, you know, that's not, maybe not, maybe not uh, too hard. Because we had yeah. thought maybe the Royals might even win 75 games or something like that. Um, so – Knowing that they 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 could be fifty five and fifty seven and still win seventy games, do you still think the Celtics are more likely? The way the Royals are playing right now, I would say yes. The Celtics are far more likely to win <laughs> seven down three zero down now three one, I guess. Uh, yeah, then the Royals are to win seventy games this year. That's no, yeah. I wouldn't okay. put any money on it though either because it's just. <laughs> <laughs> they should both lose that, you know, those they should never shoot that target, right? You might you see you might say the Royals have a three percent chance of getting to seventy wins. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I yeah, I think they're both pretty remote. I would say I don't know which one, but yeah, the way the Royals are playing, it's been, they've been so bad. They don't have they they did win tonight though. Yeah, they did get rid of Hunter Dozier, who had been yeah, struggling. But then they picked him. Because that seems like a yeah. stupid thing, the way they used him. And financially, it also seems like a stupid thing because they still owe him like $18 million. And they cut him to bring Nicky Lopez back to the 25 man roster, which yeah. seems like, well, why, like we're, you know, um, throwing. Yeah, we're throwing away something that's of little value and picking up something that's different, but also. Of but it's not value. just I'm a little. Value. I'm sure there's a great it analogy for us saying eighteen million dollars to get little value, right? So that's what's even worse. Yeah, I guess it's some. I guess at this point it's a sunk cost, you can say, and you just want to get rid of it, get rid of Dozier. But it seems like you would just figure out a way that you'd say like, oh, he has an oblique injury; is going to go on the injured list for two months and then and then you give him another shot then and well, uh i guess he hasn't been there. released completely he's been designated for assignment which i guess means so they that one, they have a one week period to find a trade partner for him or, or see if he'll go to the minors triple a yeah assignment. but if he does that he can't get called back up to the majors without him them placing him back onto the 40 man roster, which means they'd have to take somebody else up the 40 man roster. Yeah. So I don't know I'm, what the, but I mean, he, I think he, it's up to him to accept the assignment. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't get traded, chances are he's not going to get picked up anywhere at all. So yeah, I guess he would probably sign a minor league deal with another team. 
rather than accept a Royals yeah. minor league assignment, I would think. Go to Japan, go to Mexico. Like, it would be difficult for him to make it back up to the majors with the Royals, mm-hmm. unless he's, even if he plays really well. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it seems like, I think, yeah, I think it's, Dozier is, is, yeah, he's played his last game, I think, for the Royals, too. He had, he's been, he's batted 183 this year, 253 on base percentage. In 82 at bats, he has two home runs, nine RBIs, a 54 OPS plus. Not very good. Also, no. not being played regularly, and they've been moving him all around defensively. So I don't, I don't see value in how they've used him. Like if they want to give him a shot to try to get him to tr- be traded, and you need to play him like most days in one position to show that he can play that one position. Nobody else is looking for utility infielders or players that can play in different positions. They're not really looking for that. If they know he can play that, it's fine. But they don't need to see him there every day. Yeah. And it hurts the team as a whole because if he is playing in one position one day and another position another day, he's going to make mistakes that he wouldn't make in the field if he was more comfortable at that position. You could say that could also translate to his psyche at bat as well maybe he would yeah. at least that's what they say like if you're jerked around in the field you aren't also aren't going to hit as uh consistently or solidly yeah it seems like dozier has been just a slightly kind of a below average player most of his career uh he had a good year like was it 2019 right before yeah. uh covid year he had a solid year that's when they is that when they signed him to the big contract i think so and right. yeah 2019 he hit 279 uh, 522 slugging percentage, 870 OPS, 124 OPS plus. That's his only above average OPS plus. And I think it was the He's next been season. In the 90s. The next season he had he had like an injury before the season started, and then may have had COVID too. I think. And when they brought him back up, like he he like really floundered for about a month because the team does this thing where they don't send players to long enough minor league assignments to like get their timing back and expect yeah. them to be 100 as soon as they come back. And they just aren't like people with like wrist injuries or oblique injuries. They just don't come back a hundred percent. Yeah. He has so let, him, let him get the, you know, not so great at bats out of the way at triple and get their timing back and then come back up when they're ready and they won't flounder like that. Cause he was awful to start that year. And it really, I mean, it really hurt his whole season. I think from that first like month of the campaign. Yeah. He's been ba- Yeah. He hasn't hit. His highest batting average since 2019 when he hit 279 has been 236. Yeah. And that was last year. So again, though, I do I think a lot of that is due to the team handling him rather than just him underperforming. Mm-hmm. So I'd put at least a portion, maybe half of the blame, or even more on the team and the way they franchise uses players. According to a baseball reference, he has been worth over the total of his seven seasons, negative 2.6. Mm. 3.5. If you, if you go add up O war and D war, and I don't know why O war and D war never seem to add up. It's, it's because, it's Oh wait, student, no, it's, not, 
It's skewed well, a number of well, innings, maybe. Well, they don't add to war because I think war counts some defensive stats and some it's position based anyway. It's so. also got base running and things like that. And yeah. I don't know if base running is counted in a war or not, but yeah, yeah. so like he's minus in defensive war, he's minus 7.5 on his career, and he is uh 3.5 in a war, a positive 3.5. So his 162 game average, he is, is also has a negative uh 0.7 war, so he has been low replacement level but so the idea would be that you could find anybody in triple a that would be just as good that's what yeah that's the right it would be better actually right yeah yeah theoretically now it seems like the replacement person is never zero they're usually it seems like the worst player the players are usually below i don't i don't i don't i don't see how they quite calibrate any of that maybe fan graphs gets it a little bit closer, but it seems like there are a lot of maybe it's just though that uh major league teams can't evaluate talent uh very well. I don't know, but yeah, well, it seems like the Royals aren't very good at developing talent at most positions, so yeah, it's it's yeah, you wonder is it is it uh, yeah, is it an identifying of talent that they're bad at? Is it developing talent? Is it using talent in the right way or is it just all three that they're i think i think it's all three for the royals i think it has been all three yeah it seems like that since they well at least in the last at least since the last world series victory the last eight years it's been that way but at least they won the world series within the last decade and have been to two world series in the last decade so i'm i'm still kind of living in the in the in the glow of the 2015 world series uh, I'm not quite in the same way I, I would be with the Chiefs, but uh, so if the Chiefs were bad like eight years in a row, I would be really bad, especially with with Mahomes uh, on on the team. But and I'd probably also be um, less satisfied with their current just winning the Super Bowl this past year and, and not winning it for several more years. I, I guess well, my would expectations you be, would you are higher more critical about this year's draft had the Chiefs not just won. The Super Bowl, maybe, yeah. I I don't. Yeah, I, it seems like I don't. I don't. It's hard to say what the draft brings this year because, in some ways, Chiefs draft last year looks better because they won the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. like they like you know they won even though they had a very young secondary, and the, even though like you know their seventh round draft pick Isaiah Pacheco became the starting running back. And you know they so like I think in hindsight, like if the Chiefs had lost in the AFC Championship game to the Bengals, I think we would it would be a much different. Um, and they could have lost that game, and they could have lost you know uh, Super Bowl easily. They also with Mahomes hurt, they also could have lost to Jacksonville. You know, so it's 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 you know this game of inches that you know they happen to win each of those three games, which I think they're the better team, maybe in. All three of them, at least. Uh, but you know, it's it's something that you know, they were very fortunate, and yeah, it's hard to say what the draft this year because will be. But I think it seems like the Chiefs did not get quite the impact player that a lot of people probably hoped. But they, I think, but since the Chiefs have been able to win the Super Bowl, and Mahomes has been able to uh, do magic without you know impact 
you know, high impact offensive players other than Travis Kelsey this past year, uh, people are are pretty comfortable with where they are. Are you are you uh how, how are you feeling about the Chiefs' chances? We'll talk. We'll, we'll mention this many more times over the course of yeah. uh, our season. But I think um it's it's mini camp time, right? Or OTA? Oh, I think OTA has just started. Yeah, OTA has just started. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we talked about this before. Did you see that uh, Trey Lance? You just, I think we talked about that Trey Lance practiced with Mahomes in the offseason. Yeah. And did you hear that Trey Lance has this like quarterback coach that I think he's also coached Mahomes that apparently Trey Lance has, inclu- has improved leaps and bounds since I saw like that headline. I didn't practicing with Mahomes. Yeah, that he made that he helped make some kind of breakthrough apparently within Trey Lance. Apparently, yeah. How much of that do you think is wishful thinking, or do you think that actually there is something in that Trey Lance now has the inside track to become? Not only the 49ers starting quarterback, but but a successful NFL starting quarterback. I don't know what to think of it. Uh, it's not. It's a nice story, at least now. Hopefully, it gives us you know more hope, probably for San Francisco that they have you know a solid option if Trey Lance is great or if Purdy gets hurt one way or the other. You know they've got somebody that's competent that's ready to go or be this or just be the starter. Uh, but I. I wouldn't expect him to be the starter yet as of right yeah. now, based on that article. Right. Yeah. There's also Sam Darnold uh, to deal with who also maybe has been um, as disappointing as, as, as Lance has been, but for maybe a couple more, a couple years longer. Yeah. Than, than Lance. They're both, uh, I think both number three overall picks and yeah. So, and yeah. So then you have Purdy who's recovering from an injury. Yeah. I was going to say who's going to be quarterback of the, of the 49ers but or do you think it's possible that the, the 49ers are just saying that to see if they can uh spark a little more interest as a possible trade to move him for just a little bit more than they would have just That's an interesting quarterback coming off of a you know a lost season yeah what do you think you could get for trey lance you think you could get you couldn't get i don't think you could get a first round pick for lance he wouldn't think so point. maybe a second or a third round pick Maybe or player, maybe um, maybe another maybe another player, another struggling player, or another uh, cast off team yeah. that's like about ready to cut ties with somebody, but they don't really quite want to. But yeah, it's hard to say who the market would be. Is it hmm. somebody that has like a good starting quarterback and wants to develop Trey Lance as a backup, or is it somebody that maybe didn't draft anybody this past year? Like you know, like with Washington, they have Sam Howell as their starter or yeah uh, atlanta with desmond ritter or somebody like that would, would be somebody that would be looking for at least another option right yeah i think i think it's something yeah i'm a little surprised that atlanta didn't really draft um anybody uh a quarterback when they had the chance to yeah i think it's it would have to be a washington would make a lot of sense though too because th- it seems like they would want somebody to at least be around mm-hmm. if Howell doesn't, you know, do what they expect him to Yeah, and you think, well, both Biennemi there, Biennemi's connection with Mahomes, maybe Biennemi could do similar things with Lance. Although, I guess we, most people seem to credit Andy Reid more with um, Mahomes. But, like, you could say, well, ben, Biennemi was there the whole time. You know, he yeah. he he has that experience with a kind of young, mobile, um, strong arm kind of 
quarterback. But yeah, some I think I think I think if if they got traded, I think one of those teams. I don't know if there are any other teams that would want like like you could say like the Rams even, but they're they're in the division, so I doubt I doubt they would probably not going to do that. Yeah, trade. You could also maybe say this like the same thing for like the Seahawks. Well, you think maybe Geno Smith is not a long term answer? Maybe we'll pick up um, Lance for pennies on the dollar. Seattle did pick up another quarterback though, didn't they? In the draft, maybe or yeah, uh, Seattle. Uh, I think they drafted uh, a quarterback, and I thought they did. Let's see, they drafted. No, not that I see. No, they've drafted a wide receiver, uh, Jackson Smith, uh, Jigba, and then they got some running backs. Yeah, no, no quarterback. Um, okay, maybe they. Uh, I was thinking that they did for some reason, or maybe maybe we picked them to have picked up, but maybe that's what it was. Maybe one of us had a yeah, Seattle drafting a quarterback and they didn't do it. Yeah, the, right now the Seahawks on their roster have, um. I'm trying to find their quarterbacks here. They have Drew Locke, I guess, as their backup. So he's still young-ish. Yeah. Uh, and a guy named Holton Allers, rookie out of East Carolina. I guess he was undrafted free agent. Holton Allers. He played for East Carolina. Mm. He... Was wow for East. So he that was oh, never mind. That's his high school career. It's like he threw for sixty-one touchdowns and four interceptions this senior. But that was his senior year in high school. Senior still high school. very impressive for quarterback. But yeah, he threw. Um, he plays played. He played five years at East Carolina. I guess he got an extra COVID year. Um, he threw twenty-eight touchdowns, five interceptions. 3,700 yards in 13 games, six rushing touchdowns. So he's, I guess, a project, but yeah, big six foot three, 237. So, um, yeah, I, I guess, I guess I could see maybe them wanting to get a third quarterback, though, especially if you don't think Locke. Um, is somebody that could develop into a starter? Or maybe I don't know if they th- would think that Geno Smith is the long term answer. But Carroll is not; he's a defensive minded coach. He probably doesn't really care about the quarterback, maybe as much as some other teams. Would. Or, 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 or I just thinking about um, defensive minded coaches who aren't enamored with their quarterbacks. Would New England trade for Trey Lance because right now they have Bailey Zappi and Michael McCorkle? Mac Jones as their yes. starter. You would think that they would want something else there. Yeah. I know Although you're I've a heard, big Mac Jones fan. I've heard Mac Jones is in the best, best shape of his life and he's really thriving under a uh, new offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. But yeah, I I would yeah, I, I that's so that's I, what that's what your um inside guide OTAs. That's what I've heard. Be yeah. laid back to you. Yeah, I I think I heard that. I think I listened to that on the NFL 
radio network on um, satellite radio is coming into his own. But he is not somebody I would be satisfied with as my story. <laughs> if I were never, you're a big fan. No, I'd say if I, I I'm trying to think of my least favorite NFL players. And Mac Jones might be my number one right now. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I used to be. I think it probably used to be uh, Taysom Hill, but that was more, I think, because of the way the Saints used him and in value, in value, and valued him oh too much. And now I think he's undervalued for the Saints. He doesn't play enough. He doesn't get enough touches. And yeah. So, or for his salary. Yeah, and then Jordan Love. I also was. He was one of my uh, guys. I didn't like as much either. But he's. But I think Aaron Rodgers wasn't necessarily. Actually, his, it was his fault. Yeah, it was yeah, the dumb move right, by yeah. the Packers. But also, I think Aaron Rodgers has passed uh, Jordan Love as being, uh, you know, so annoying that, you know, he. <laughs> so I, yeah, I would, yeah, I don't. It's a, it's a, my. I think Kyler Murray is kind of up there for me too, mm. as a, because his because of his video game, uh, prowess and his lack of, football kind of, interest. From what it seems like, I don't know who's my lead. Who he's a big, uh, he's Russell, a big 12 guy, so he's fine in my book. Anyways. Okay, Russell Wilson, I don't care for either. I guess not only because he plays with the Broncos, but he's just sort of a weird and guy that is not weird in a way that I would like or expect, even. Yeah, yeah, him. from like yeah. what, like the public persona that we've seen of him, like the stories that have come out recently about like the entourage that he has or the uh office the, part, the office that he has the high right. knees in the uh on the plane yes uh, <laughs> that was one of the funnier stories from last season though <laughs> i want more stories like that if and if if it has to be in a weird circumstance if he's the one that's delivering them that's fine because mm-hmm. that is that is weird to talk about that kind of thing <laughs> yeah well I, so i was like maybe those are teams that that might take uh trey lance yeah. Since he, especially, yeah, maybe, maybe the Mahomes story is to try to pump up his value. But it could also maybe, maybe you can see him, he's tra- turning a corner. I don't know. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the 49ers quarterback situation because it seems like they have a good team, except the quarterback has been. And will the new rule changes have any yeah. effect on? That like on the 49ers and their and their quarterback or their situation. There, I, th- I think it would, but like, who would have been the quarterback? So like right now, so there's a new rule um, that just I think they just approved it Tuesday that the the um, NFL teams now can carry three quarterbacks on game day, provided that the three that the third quarterback is on the 53 man roster, and that person would not count as part of the normal 47 that get to. Be eligible to play on game day. The and, Chiefs tended to keep three quarterbacks on the fifty-three man roster. Mm-hmm. Last not, last two years they not have. usually having almost never having three active on game day though. Yeah, they've kept um, Shane Buchel, uh the last two years because I think they thought uh, he was going to get poached by perhaps um, the Cardinals and some other teams. So it looks like they would keep. Well, to do that to, to have a third quarterback dress as an emergency option, they would have to have those three on the 53-man roster. So I guess right now it would be Bortles, Michelle, 
and Mahomes. And for the third quarterback to play, the first two quarters would have to be declared out of the game. And going back to the San Francisco uh, Philadelphia game, that was when, so um, Purdy got hurt and was declared out. And then Josh Johnson, who just recently signed it with the Baltimore Ravens as their backup, um, was hurt now. So, like, was Garoppolo, was Garoppolo healthy? He was standing on the sidelines, I remember, during that game. Was he, would he have been the third quarterback? Uh, was, yeah, was he healthy know. enough, sort of, to go in, or was he? He hadn't played, so I would think he probably wasn't ready to go. Because they had or they what? had three quarterbacks dressed that day, right? I don't know who did the well, or did they? No, maybe they didn't. They, no, they, they couldn't have. They couldn't have three quarterbacks dressed because they didn't, they couldn't. They only they played. It was Kyle Juszczyk or uh, <laughs> you know his quarterback or yeah, um, McCaffrey as quarterback. And right. Well, then you know Purdy ended up ultimately coming back and, in with his one arm. Yeah, which they may have had somebody else if they had a third player dressed. They could have brought someone else in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought I thought Garoppolo was considered to be sort of healthy. Because I think they were thinking he could, he could practice and maybe play in the Super Bowl. So maybe he would have been at least, if it had been an emergency, he could have been that number three quarterback. But, or would they have had, had to sign an additional person? I don't know who would have been on, like, on the practice squad of yeah. uh, the 49ers. But, you know, it's, yeah, I don't, it's like, it was made for situations like that, but. I don't know if this 49ers would have been able to take advantage of that situation if they didn't, you know, they would have had to have other quarterbacks uh, available. So do you think most teams will have keep three quarterbacks on their 50 man, 53 man roster for next season now, and then always have one, one quarter. I think you'd have to, right. Just to have them in reserve. Cause this doesn't hurt anything. Right. I think they will partly because of the other rule change that was big today. The new kickoff rules uh where um, this was also passed today where you if you kick off and you and you uh have a fair catch anywhere um even within the anywhere inside the 25 yard line the ball gets taken out to the 25 as a touchback and i think that will minimize they've been using a new college rule yeah the last two seasons maybe yeah i think that will make the kickoff return team even less important Mm -hmm. so you could say well maybe we don't need quite as many special teams specialists as we did before so maybe we can i think a lot of the reasons that teams don't carry um a third quarterback is because they need bodies to be on special teams and things like that so Mm -hmm. maybe this would mean that special teams aren't as important i think teams overvalue the kickoff and punt kickoff return and punt return yeah for sure uh, you know, I guess the Chiefs, it turned out the Chiefs did really well on punt, on punt return in the Super Bowl. But overall, during the season, they dropped punt. You know, would they have just been better just letting a ball land where it lands? And Fair catch everything or let them go. Or or send 11 people up to try to block the punt. And yeah. if it, you know, if they punt it, okay, they punt it. And there's no, 
you know, they're going to fair catch it anyway, or they're going to, yeah, you know, commit a penalty that backs it up after a two yard gain. They're back fifteen yards. You know, is it? You know, I think it seems like the Chiefs m- more often than not also on the kickoff ran the ball out of the end zone when they would have been better advised to just down it and get it at the twenty five yeah. rather than running it back to the eighteen or the yeah, which seemed like those the most common sort of thing. Um, yeah, I really thought the Chiefs should only do that like rarely and when they're least expected to do it is like but mostly fair catcher down everything they can just to make sure they don't turn it over because it's just too risky or get a penalty because it seemed like the pen like penalties on kickoffs seem higher kickoffs and punts seem yeah. to happen more more frequently than than almost other plays combined <laughs> seemingly mm-hmm. yeah the uh yeah it's like Holds blocks um, block in the back, that kind of stuff. It seems like it happens on almost every kick. It happens a lot. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would say on average, there's not a lot there's gain in the return game. Yeah. yeah. So, so if the team knew that they weren't going to be returning it, they're just gonna down it or mm-hmm. or you know fair catch, then. I think some of those other penalties would happen less frequently too, because there'd be no reason for anyone to block in the back Mm because they're not actually defending it. Yeah. You would just, on a kickoff, you would still need to block because you'd have, one of your people would have to touch the ball first because the offense can recover the kickoff, but on a punt, they can't, you know, they, they punt it away. It's, it's, it's the defense's ball. Um, Unless they touch it, and, and just, you know, and that happens a lot of times too. When they try to field it, they drop it, and you know, the other team uh, picks it up. That happened, to, you know, at least three times to Sky Moore over the se- during the season. So, yeah, they. Would yeah, I think a lot of that too is like they're they're like you know assuming the catch and starting to take off rather than securing the catch and just you know worrying about that only. Yeah, it's like the uh, you know taking the eye off the ball on a ground ball in baseball. Mm-hmm getting ready to make the throw when you don't have the ball secured yet. That's pretty normal. Anyway, especially with kids anyway. (laughs) I think it's, I think it's, yeah, it happens with the pros as well. I think they, you know, it's basically if you think you've got it, like it it happens with receivers all the time. They don't look the ball into their uh, hands and then they kind of are starting to go afterwards. And, you know, it doesn't happen that often, but maybe once a game it'll, it'll happen. Yeah. But um, so the, the, these these uh, changes, I guess, are, are in part to kind of deal with injuries and maybe to make the sport uh, safer. Uh, also, however, the, the the NFL, their other big uh, news this week was that they're going to uh, perhaps flex the Thursday night games because Amazon was upset about the lack of quality this past season. Uh, on Thursday night, we saw some really horrible Thursday night games. That a Denver San Francisco game was really bad. Well, Denver the Denver Colts game that was what it was. The Broncos Colts was really bad. Marie's two favorite uh, teams, and um, I think there's a was there a Saints? It was like some NFC South games that were just yeah terrible as well. And um, so you know, some games might be flexed, but that also might mean that good teams might have to play on Thursday twice. And yeah. it seems like a terrible idea to me, but I don't know. I don't know why any any team would want to play on Thursday if they don't have to. 
but it seems like the teams that get Thursday games should it they should have to be like out of a bye. It's like mm-hmm. the only scenario where teams should get Thursday games at all. <laughs> yeah, or you know, holiday, you know, kind of yeah. thing. So like, like the Chiefs opening day game is gonna be on a Thursday. That's fine. They didn't have to play mm-hmm. three days earlier, so four days earlier. Yeah, maybe you could say, well, if they staggered games on more different days, maybe a Thursday wouldn't be as bad. But or or at least you would say, well, they couldn't play a Monday game and then play Thursday, or maybe even a Sunday late Sunday night game yeah. couldn't play shouldn't play Thursday either. But um, but I think in the end, like, like towards the end of the season, when they have some Saturday games, I think Saturday to Thursday is not as not quite as bad anyway. Not yeah. quite as bad. But yeah, I think in terms of by by to Thursday seems fine too, though. Mm-hmm. Like that Thursday, like yeah. Obvious yeah. pool to pull from are teams that just came out of if there are two teams buy. had buys and the next game is supposed to be on Sunday and they flex that one to Thursday. Mm-hmm. I think that the teams might not complain about that. But it seems like if you're supposed to play on Sunday and they pull you up a couple days, mm-hmm. that's the players union should be all over mixing that as fast as they can yeah well they're all the the problem with if you if you want to play a game every thursday well they're only about eight weeks nine weeks in the season that there are buys for teams because you have to have it kind of in the middle you can't have one team with a buy in week two and if you did you could though maybe have a a 19 week season everybody gets two buys and that might allow for more thursday games easier to schedule that kind of and i think that might be something good because that would allow more thursday games it would also allow a longer nfl season that there would be more sundays where football is played yeah and you know just not quite as much mm -hmm. football every i think if you i think if you go down to the two by regular season that will probably lead you to the 18 game nfl season which i think is what the players do not want, but maybe with the extra buy, but it's a long, yeah. long season. But you know, people would watch football every single week if it's on. So it's it, that would be a that would be something that the if it's um, NFL because I don't know that fans are necessarily watching, watching USFL or XFL. XFL or USFL, yeah. But but it's also a thing like you might have that extra buy if there's international expansion because there would be more travel like overseas and stuff like that. So if you give teams yeah. a second buy that would allow you know additional thursday games additional overseas games and kind of help the um, traveling teams some so maybe that's where we're headed eventually but okay. um should we be headed to the uh, end of our broadcast uh today i think so yeah there wasn't a whole lot of new nfl player news but the, but that um you know some of those rule changes might have a big effect on the upcoming season. We'll, we'll talk about maybe those changes more as we go through the offseason. Maybe we'll give some, we'll find out some more insights from the offseason uh, training activities, OTAs that the teams have had. We've already heard a few, you know, Trey Lance uh, stories, and maybe we'll hear some more Mac Jones uh, tales as, as, as well before uh, the season starts. But, you know, we have next week the NBA Finals. Likely to look forward to, unless the Celtics extend uh, that series to seven games. We might not, uh, you know, that that might not be completed by the time we uh, go on the air next week. And presumably, probably as well, the 
and, and we'll have the NHL finals um, starting by the time we have next week. So we'll have, we'll have some other things to talk about. And maybe the Royals will begin their march towards 70 victories. They only have to be 55 and 57 over the they next. a slightly easier schedule this week. So they've got one more game against Detroit, three games against Washington. Hmm. Two games in St. Louis before they come back to Kansas City after that. Okay. The so, second St. Louis game is would be our next episode date. So okay. They have up to six more games. So yeah, maybe they, maybe they will turn things around and we'll start to see maybe jettisoning Hunter Dozier will be the 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 you know the you know it's like the the weight off of the you know the sinking ship that now and now the Royals can you know sail to success, you know with uh, even with um, Nikki Lopez at the helm, but we'll see. Yeah. So, oh, anyway, uh, we'll see you guys all all again next week on another exciting episode of the Winter Power Hour. And uh, until then, I am Dr. Michael Werman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trick Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our podcast slash YouTube channel. And it's available in many formats and via many platforms. So there's no excuse not to be able to find the Warning Trick Power Hour. It's easily available to those who put even the slightest amount of effort in just like the Royals have been putting the slightest amount of effort probably into this uh, major league season. And on that note, we'll see you next week. And until then, I bid you good day.